What up, film fans? How's it going? Uh, welcome to Chatting Script, again, the podcast where me, your host, Luke, a chat script about your favorite movies, films, TV shows, all that, breakdown to analysis, all that kind of stuff from a nerdy filmmaking point of view. So if you haven't done so already, please do subscribe to wherever you're listening to it. Follow it on Spotify, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe anywhere else you're listening. Also follow the at Chatting Script social media pages. There is one on Instagram, there is one on Twitter. They are both at Chatting Script. Easy peasy to find. Please do interact with me. I'll do my best to interact back with yourselves. And let's get on with the show. I know I haven't done a movie analysis for a while. Um, you know, life happens. Uh, so here is one. It's not the film that I wanted to do. The film I wanted to do, they actually took off Amazon, I don't know, very recently. I went to load it up just then and was like, it's gone. So instead, I'm going to do a film that I think it came out, uh, yeah, it came out last year. Uh, don't know when. It is called Prey, as you probably already know, because I'll be putting that in the um, episode title. It's the Predator, well, one of the Predator sequels. Uh, at first time of viewing, and bear in mind I haven't watched Predator 2 for a number of years. Uh, at first point of viewing, I was like, this is the best Predator sequel like full stop like obviously the original predator is the best predator this is the best predator sequel but i do need to rewatch the second one with denny glover just to like double check if i want to stand by that opinion or not uh but this is prey um i've seen it once loved it so now i'm gonna watch it again and actually right this is gonna no one's gonna believe me at all but a good few years ago i was like hey do you know what would actually make a really good predator movie if they sent, if they made it back in time, you know, in the past, and had like a group of Native American warriors fighting the Predator, I just thought that would be amazing because of like the technological disparity between the Predator and what, you know, Native Americans would have had sort of 500 years ago, you know? Uh, so they stole my idea that I never once wrote down or put anywhere where they could possibly steal it. So they used mind control and stole it from me that way. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, let's let's get right into... Oh, and this is me drinking from uh, an England rugby mug. Uh, the day after we got spanked at home by France. So really, I should just fucking throw this mug at the wall. <laughs> but this is not a rugby podcast. This is a movie podcast. So without further ado, let's, uh, let's pray it up. First things first, opening shot, establishing, you know, the scene, where we are, what's happening. Well, not really establishing where we are and what's happening yet, but just that nice, that's just a really nice opening shot. I mean, you've got the darkness on one side, the sun rising up over the mountains there. Does that demonstrate hope and a bright future? Maybe it does, or maybe it's just a bloody nice shot. Some deer, so we know we're not in any sort of metropolis. They might have been elks. I think they were deer. So now we're layering in the kind of people we're dealing with, you know, some establishing shots about their aesthetic, as it were. So there's a very good chance just then the like chop, chop, chop and the sniffing of the dog could have all just been ADR added in. They might have been caught live on set, but I would doubt it. Nice little bit of sound mixing already. We've got the, the music building up. It's like, it's somewhere between that kind of like Western sounding music, you know, a lot of strings, violins and stuff. But then it's got that plucky like 
I guess it's kind of jovial in a way because where we're dealing with a an adolescent lead character in this, yeah, it's sort of that jovial kind of bopping along. It's nice, nice little opening. She's mad consistent with that axe. Quality stunt work right there. Um, during that chase, you know, jumping over. I don't know if it was her or a stunt person that probably did it. it probably would have been a stunt person that did it for her. Like, no offense to this actress, uh, whose name I will Google for you now. Amber Midthunder. What a name. Ah, what a cool name. Midthunder. That's a badass name. Good God. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that distracted the bejesus out of me. The stunt work. The stunt work was really good. You know, um, b- kicking off the tree and then like sliding down and and stopping against that tree. Or like when she slid under the um, sort of fallen down tree just there. I mean, like there's a good chance that she's got like padding and stuff like under her clothes kind of thing so that she can slide without, you know, tearing her skin to shreds. And all that kind of stuff. Like, if you watch stunt people break down, there's a really great YouTube channel. It's like stunt men react to like good or bad stunts, or special effects artists react to good or bad stunts. Sorry, I can't remember the actual name of it to give them proper credit. But videos like that, where you see stuntmen breaking down how they might do certain stunts, you it's a really good way to like learn uh, that they would have stuff on them, like padding underneath or or whatever. Um, but yeah, she probably did that. But either way, it's really really nice. Nicely executed stunts. So they're doing a lot of um, like uh, characterization about her already. So we know that she's handy with an axe. We know that she's good at foraging because we saw that's the first thing we saw her do, other than waking up, was foraging for a little. It might be a yam or something. I don't. For a vegan, I don't know my vegetables that well. Um, and now she's using like herbs and medicine and stuff to put in the wound uh, of the dog's tail there so like we're, we're learning a lot about her she's she knows how to use weapons uh she's quick and agile because she chased down that elk or deer whatever it was she's good at foraging and she knows medicine so already quite a strong character of substance see there's amazing foreshadowing there she looks a little bit like aubrey plaza just there um there's amazing foreshadowing there because obviously we know what this film's about Predator, we know he's like the old well, predators, predators. Uh, they are like the ultimate hunters kind of thing. So there's good foreshadowing here, um, but it's sort of showing that like she's not going to be trifled with either. Like she's going to be up to the challenge kind of thing. Uh, you know, and from their perspective, they have no idea the predator exists. So when they're saying like, "Oh, you want to hunt something that's hunting you," that could be like I don't know, a bear or a wolf or. A mountain lion or something but nope it's gonna be a guy with all these futuristic gadgets and gizmos and weapons of death weapons of death can you get any other type of weapon wouldn't be a weapon of peace would it I feel like if someone has a weapon like this is a weapon of peace they're lying to you great great shot of the great plains one thing I will say, I noticed it like straight away in this film, is how rich the coloration of everything is. Like the color palette is just redonkulous. Every, all the colors. This might be, well, it probably is like done in post with color grading and everything, but also it would come down to like the quality of the 
cameras themselves. I don't know. It's probably digital. Most things are shot on digital these days. There's only a few people that don't, like uh, Christopher Nolan, Tarantino, those types. They tend to use film. Um, I have a feeling this would have been digital and all the color grading and, and how rich and gorgeous all the, like... Because even there, even though it's a dark, shadowy shot on, like, the back of her, everything else is still very rich in color. Like, it's insane. Really, really good. I just can't get over that dog. Look how happy that dog is. He's having a whale of a time. He's like, well, we're going around the camp doing stuff. So our first proper glimpse at the predator using his invisibility. Just, you know, an amazing shot, big wide shot of this like canyon valley sort of thing. And then him strut, well not strutting up, but like rising up into the middle of frame, activating the invisibility. I love that invisible effect. Like that kind of shimmer thing that they have. I know it's from the OG Predator film, but just it's such a cool, cool effect. Pardon me. And then that, the the Predator click, the music ramping up now. These like drums. Let you know shit's going down. So just then, I'll just rewind quickly. Just then, as they were like leaving the screen because this is one of the th the films this <laughs> let me get my words out properly one of the things this film does so well is because we know it the the makers of this film know that most of the people watching this are already going to be familiar with the predator and all the things that go in hand with that you know the invisibility etc so these guys leaving the screen the screen now and then the camera just lingers on this shot for, I don't know, a couple of seconds. But where it knows that we're familiar with the Predator and we know that he's in, that he can go invisible and we've already seen him go invisible like a couple of scenes ago, me, I'm watching this still of this shot where they've already left going, where is he? What tree is he in? Where is this bastard hiding? I, I'm confident he's not in this shot. I'm confident that's just a shot of some trees. But because the camera is slowly creeping into it and holding on it when apparently there's nothing there and because of what we know of the Predator and everything already anyway, we, our minds are playing tricks on us, searching for something that isn't there. This film does stuff like that, playing on the notion of what we already know about the Predator and using that to build suspense, it does that quite a lot throughout, and it's really effective. It's a really good way to do, like, a sequel or kind of pay tribute to, you know, sequels of the uh, films of the past kind of thing. Lovely aerial shot, bird's eye view. This is cool as fuck as well. Look, oh my god, the ant can fly! That was cool as hell as well, because it's like... It's that was literally an interpretation of the um like the apex predators, right? So you got the tiny little ant, little vole comes along or mouse, whatever it was, eats that, eats the ant. Rattlesnake right there that the vole probably would have seen lunges at the I think it's a vole. I'm just gonna keep calling it a vole, it might not be a vole. Lunges at the vole, eats the vole, and then senses that the predator must be right there. We know the predator's there because we saw the ant run invisibly up its leg pardon me and then the predator very easily dispatching that rattlesnake 
skinning it. So straight away, it's like, it's it's the what do they call it? I know he's the apex predator. Uh, whatever they with this, this like the scale of you know, who is at the top of that. Like where they now they're like they're going this sort of little montage of you know putting some medicine in their their fallen comrade who was attacked by a mountain lion or something so we think, um, and you know building a, a stretcher to carry him away and everything. But where you know the the sun is starting to go down, the forest is is getting darker, and then the music dun 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 dun. dun. All these things, like the the darkness and the music, the music creates tension in and of itself. But I feel like subconsciously, the way that the the light is also fading as well is gives you the idea that like they're running out of time, you know. Be it to stop their friend from bleeding out, or before the enemy comes back, the enemy being either the cat or the predator or whatever. You're just sort of like, okay, guys, you're kind of in the danger zone now. It's gonna be night time. That's harder to, you know fight, run, whatever. It's good. The dark is scary. But that's important foreshadowing as well. They've referenced this orange Tutsia a couple of times. And he she's just given him some and one of their friends has said so much could kill him. Just little just nuggets of information. And there were shown also that it makes him cold. Let's go. Thins his blood. As she said as well. Important. Really good bit of sound mixing just there as well, actually. As they're running with the uh, fire torches, you get that like <sighs> sort of noise. But that happened, you could hear that a little bit, like as they continued to run. But as both of them, not necessarily like entered screen from right to left, but like as it cut to them and we see them running from that right to left, as soon as they were visible on screen, we got a. <sighs> And then a sort of, uh, as they continued to run, it was a lower, like, every now and then, you know? So that, like, that first sound of the fire just emphasizes, like, that they're really on, on the move kind of thing. But, like, really, you might not necessarily hear that. You know, they're, they're continuing running. It's not like they're swinging backward and forward where you'd get, like, a sort of thing. They're just already running, but putting it in there is, you know, just a nice bit of sort of emphasis on the fact that they are, you know, giving it some legs through this forest. Urgency. I love this bit. See, so we got like the the asshole character at the moment is um the fr- so we got the main girl and her brother and then the third guy, the asshole character. He's for the whole thing, he's just been telling her she's not good enough or whatever. And now he's there, like, goading her and trying to sort of scare her by talking about the, uh, you know, the terror of fighting a a lion. And they're set up in this tree. And as he's talking and, like, upping the tension verbally, got the music in the background, upping the tension. And now there's this low shot looking up at them while they're in the tree, tracking slowly towards them. Is that a representation of something approaching them? I think it is. See? That's a cool shot too. Some of these landscape wides have been stunning. As much as I hate seeing like animals get killed and stuff, I do like these scenes we keep getting where the, the predator's like testing himself against the rest of the... um. What is that word? 
the, like the apex of you know who's dangerous oh my god what is that word either way you know what i mean the hierarchy wh- whatever it is the oh what is the fucking word ah. the predator is testing himself against the not animal chain or animal kingdom you know what i mean fucking hell so stupid either way it's cool so many good words in this food chain the word i was looking for was food chain the predator is testing himself to see where he fits in the food chain is it the apex predator so far yeah that's where it was okay god i'm dumb See, here's building up, I think it's building up to one of the other points I was talking about uh, with it playing on what we previously know about the Predator, right? So we've just seen the Predator start tracking her footsteps, so we know that he's hot on her heels. And now let's let this play out. Now another shot of the Predator being exactly where she was. Now... She's getting covered in mud. Which, as we know from the first Predator film with Arnold Schwarzenegger, when he was covered in mud, it masked his heat signature on the Predator's, I don't know, heat-seeking goggles. (laughs) So, at this point, the first time I watched it, knowing that the Predator is hot on her heels, I'm like, quick, get covered in mud, quick, come on, please, just dunk yourself, hide, you know, do something. Because it's playing on the the notion that we already get how this mechanic works. Now we're seeing a struggle try to get out of, you know, potentially drowning, which is scary in and of itself, but the longer she's in there, she's either going to die from drowning or the predator's going to get her. Now the music's gone quiet as well. Normally the storm comes after the quiet, right? And this shot is reminiscent of Dutch, Arnold Schwarzenegger, in the first one. The dog's like, fuck, 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 fuck. Love a shot like that, where... Like, this This isn't very clear, but where you have your, like, protagonist or, you know, hero or whatever it is, like, in the foreground, running... And then in the background, you can see the danger getting closer, faster than the protagonist can run. I love a good shot like that. It just ramps up the like the tension and the like run, run, run kind of thing that you you may think when watching, which I do think that would be terrifying. Now we know the predators here. Love this predator versus bear fight. Love. A, that's a great shot anyway. Um, but I love that because for the whole, so far, like 40 odd minutes of this film, we've had the Predator testing itself against the food chain because I remembered that really elementary word, food chain. <laughs> we've had him testing himself. And I think most people would know that in any given situation, I don't know if that's a grizzly bear, but I'm going to call it a grizzly bear because it's fucking massive. But most bears especially a grizzly bear, would be right at the tippy top of that food chain. You know, I would put money on a grizzly bear over a mountain lion. Um, There's always that 
age-old question. It's not really an age-old question. It's more like the Joe Rogan YouTube generation question of who would win a grizzly bear or a silverback gorilla, you know, like they are the absolute sort of peak of that food chain, right? They are the apex predators. And then we had like the predator fighting it just then, nearly losing to it, you know, getting a good old chunk of green blood taken out of him and everything. And then he sucker punches the bear in the face and now he's just like lifting it up and having all his blood drip over him while he's still invisible which is very reminiscent of the uh is it the invisible man or um it might not be called the invisible man i think it's called something else it's one of those films where the evil guy is invisible and he gets covered in blood or paint or something might be called hollow man i think it's hollow man and she's just like fuck 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 the sound usage here is really good okay and a slight technical issue there where the recording of the screen stopped. Um, but it was basically just the... Get my stool closer. It was basically just the fight between the Predator and a few of the Native American tribe that our protagonist is in. Pardon me. Um, but it did give me time to grab a coffee while... That was sorting itself out. So now I have a coffee again. Because I let the other one go cold. Yum yum. Uh, yeah, but it was just the fight between the Predator and the and some of the tribe. Awesome stunt work and choreography in the fight itself. Really nice and violent and gory. As we would want from a film like this. That's not straight, but fuck it. <laughs> and uh, there's not really a lot else to say about it. Other than it's, you know reinstating the power of the predator you know we've seen him take out a snake a wolf a bear with relative ease then he comes up against three native american warriors and lays waste to all three of them pretty easily so what could possibly stop such a creature the power of friendship is a quick moment to tell a story that you know that predator like I can't really interpret it, but the interpret impersonate it? Yeah. That the clicking noise that they do. I I watched the first Predator way too young. Uh, I don't know how young I was, but I would maybe twelve, maybe less, <laughs> to be honest with you. I watched it way too young. Ran a friend's house, his dad had it on VHS. When I was staying over his house we snuck it and, and watched it. I'm pretty sure the parents that we were watching, you know, something not the Predator. And that noise, the whatever it is. I was walking in a forest once with uh, like my grandparents and my cousins and stuff. And I heard like a woodpecker going like on a tree somewhere. And it sounded so like the Predator's like clicking noise. That I just remember being like, oh my god. Oh my god, I'm gonna die. He's gonna tear up my skull and my spine. Like, <laughs> it scared the shit out of me. My younger cousins were like, what? It's just a, a forest noise. Like, no one knew it was a woodpecker. It was only like, I don't know, however long later I learned that that's what woodpeckers sound like as well. But I just remember being like, oh, there's a predator here. I'm gonna die. Great, cool. Anyway, that's my little tangential story. <laughs> this bit is amazing as well. 
just there when you had like them running through the grass and then the uh you know the invisible predator running through the grass as well moving the grass out of the way as it went and it's coming so much quicker than the speed in which they're running at reminds me of um the lost world jurassic park you know don't go into the long grass and all of that really cool tense i love this scene if i remember rightly this scene is banging um <clears throat> also slightly reminiscent of when they were hunting the lion they're using uh bait in a big open air well open-ish there's all these trees in the way which is a really cool setting like have all these sort of charred and burned trees really cool like location choice um yeah, using like bait to attract, you know, at the first time it was the lion, this time it's the predator into the scenario. However, if you remember, with the lion, it didn't go so well. I wonder if this will go so well. Love this, because all this ash and stuff is fucking with the predator's uh, invisibility. Talking character design and stuff, actually, I really enjoy that. Although, because obviously we know this is set back in time for from what our time would be and it's definitely set back in time from the first predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger and everybody uh so they've even backdated the predator's technology and appearance so instead of having that like he's still got the three laser sights but instead of having like a sort of plasma laser thing instead it shoots out three um sort of spear things and then his mask and everything is more like a sort of bone skull attachment than a full-on sort of steel mask like his technology is you know a few hundred years behind what it is in the first predator movie as well and i really like that because it's it, that adds a sort of realism to the predators themselves in the sense that they haven't always been this like you know super super technologically it shows growth i mean sorry between them in this film and them in the original predator it shows like a, a growth so it adds a realism to them that way so they are an evolving progressing race you know when it comes to technology and things like that if it bleeds, we can kill it. yeah bitch if it bleeds we can kill it yeah, yeah. og throwback if it bleeds we can kill it i'll tell him Oh, that's a rough way to go, isn't it? A good slow-mo wanna. Very, uh... 300, you know, the Zack Snyder Sparta movie. Just a slow-mo wanna of someone just decimating people. Great. Awesome, awesome, like, choreography and setup and everyone having to time their moves correctly and all the stuntmen having to react in the right way and very, very cool shit. Decapitation! See here, it's playing on the tension with the ticking time bomb of the Predator's you know, bomb. It's, the tension there is built on the fact that we know what that is. You know, even if you're not familiar with the first Predator, you would know that something ticking down like that is probably going to be a bomb. But we know full well if you've seen the original Predator, that's exactly what's happening right now. And I mean, the film hasn't done tons to want us to root for these characters these are these these like french 
uh, colonizer types, we would just consider them like cannon fodder, really, because you know they they've kind of just been assholes the entire time. Predators just l laying waste to all of them, and the fact that they've only been displayed as assholes, it um, it prevents this film or this scene from like being too brutal. You know, if it was like, you know, I don't know, a team of like charity workers or you know maybe nuns or something you might be a bit like oh all these innocent people but we know these guys are assholes so we're quite happy to see the predator just like lay waste to all of them in the coolest ways it can you know decapitations thrown axes that like net that shrinks and, and cuts all that kind of stuff but the tension is built on the fact that, so we're not here like Oh, these guys better run. Oh my god, shit. I mean, you, you could be like that if you're like super empathetic, even though we know these guys are assholes. But um, you are still kind of like, dudes, you better you better get out of there because uh, you're about to get got. But because we know they're assholes, I kind of don't care either way if they get got or not. What Who we want to get out is Naru and her brother. That's who we want to get out. That's such good choreography. I like it. Oh! I'm confident there's been... Oh, right in the Swede. I'm confident there was a cut here or there, especially when the camera was, like, whipping around really quickly, especially when it was, like, close to her and whipping around and stuff. But that has effectively been shown to us as, like, a wanna um, of her just, like, fucking up these people. So we know she can fight. We know she's, like, a... Uh, certified badass but so far no one has been able to even remotely affect the predator yeah he's been stabbed or shot or whatever but to him that's like it's like getting slapped he's just like yeah and what well, it was a minor inconvenience nice little pan up of the destruction and they get the predator healing himself as happened in the first one you know which Maybe that's there to remind us that, like, the Predator can be killed. You know, he's actually got to take time to repair his wounds, you know, give himself some medicine or painkillers or whatever alienistic. Alienistic. That's a word. Yeah, we'll roll with it. So it could be there as, a, like, a plot device for us to be like, okay, well, he's not impervious. Is that the right word, impervious? I like it. I'm going to stick with it. You know, he, he he can be uh he can be got he can if he bleeds we can kill it. Dylan CIA got you pushing too many pencils. What a moment to pause on. Predator face right there without his helmet. Uh so yeah, nice little bit of um not foreshadowing, but just like informing the viewer with the uh the herb thing that they can use that because it slows the blood. This is what I said to you way earlier on important information it slows the blood makes you cold uh so you don't show up on the heat scanners um i don't need to explain this to you it's all very obvious but it's important that it's shown to the viewers and everything you know as, as part of the narrative um and then just showing us then that with the laser wherever the laser is pointing it's programmed to that uh, gun launcher thing of those arrows that they will go where the laser is pointing so he thinks he's pointing out the dog gets smacked around the face by um, matey war chief and then it redirects them over there so all important 
nuggets of information um and then also her learning how to use the gun it's all it's all it's all good so we went from one crazy action scene and then the next scene isn't just filler it's filled with important information and now we move to a new action scene good very good this is such a good fight there's a reason he's the war chief see to be fair to him right there if the predator didn't have invisibility there's a very good chance he was going to kill him very good chance he's an absolute g this war chief got to be the best fighter out of all his camp there's probably a reason he's the war chief um yeah i mean he was schooling the predator just then he was faster he was more agile he was doing that david and goliath thing where it's you know like death by a thousand cuts uh, so the predator had no choice but to bitch out and come back in a minute with a surprise attack but look at that shot though actually that's a great shot you got those two in the middle and then the where it's a big wide you're like okay well where is the predator gone where's he gone but you see just right in the middle of that screen there's that massive i think it's a pine tree and then t the two sort of going off that are framing it and then the trees on the side those two is, it's more or less a symmetrical shot and you know how i like symmetry and then you got the sun beaming through she's in the light a little bit more than he is is that a foreshadowing of some badness yeah maybe these shots right here where the entire screen is dark and all we can see is like both her and the French dude's faces illuminated by the orange sort of, you know, the, the, the light of the fire is giving them like orange sort of complexions. Just really cool, really cool shots. It's exactly the same on um, Frenchy Muggins there. Uh, but yeah, where the French guy and, and all his battalion were only ever like painted as assholes i can't help but smirk that like he's getting his comeuppance now like he wanted to use her and his brother as bait they were like slaying all these uh buffalo just being assholes and uh now he's getting his comeuppance which i just i can't help but smirk at it man <laughs> i like how there's a bit of snow in the air on this now just a nice atmosphere. But look at that. Ah, oh, let me rewind to that shot. Just for nothing other than, I mean, like in the foreground of the shot, it's showing us the um, boggy swamp. Yeah. So in the foreground of the shot, it's showing us the boggy swamp, reminding us of what we saw earlier when she was getting stuck in the swamp. So that's pretty much all this shot is doing. But it's doing it very, very nicely because got the green at the bottom the foreground and then the blue dark at the back with the predator in it and the snow falling lovely lovely bit of shot lovely bit of shot yeah why not just when you think it's safe to go back in the swamp using the predator's technology against him <clears throat> it i love it i do think though that like like i was saying when warchief was fighting the predator like he he had the better of the predator and although yeah you use all the stuff at your disposal like you know legolas at lord of the rings is going to use his bow and his knives and his you know his wits and fists legs if he had to whatever use all the tools at your disposal kind of thing but the predator has so many like just invisibility and like heat seeking alone regardless of then having like you know lasers and spears and shields and claws you know the retractable blade things he has 
regardless of all of that, invisibility and like the heat seeking thing alone should be enough to make anyone amazing at hunting. And then he has all those weapons to go in tandem with it. Like the chief, the war chief was kicking his ass and then he had to resort to the invisibility to like get away and then come back and kill him. So he, he almost is a bit too OP. So for her to be clever enough to use his own stuff against him. Very good. Really nice twist. And then that's a nice little shot there at the end. That's really cool. Um, you know, it's obviously, it's not her makeup. It's the Predator's blood or whatever. But there would have been like a makeup artist at, like designing how it was going to sit on her face and everything. It just looks really cool. And I like from her sort of character perspective... Like, she's got the grief and the loss of, you know, losing her brother and, you know, most of her friends and stuff, even though they were a bit rude to her and all that. Um, but she's got all that grief combined with, like, she's achieved what her whole objective was for the film. You know, we, with acting, we talk about having a super objective, which is your overall arc. What do you... So you have your individual objectives, what you're trying to achieve in this scene. So there was examples where she would be talking to her brother saying... Her objective would be to like convince him to take her on the hunt with her, for example, with him. Sorry, for example. Uh, but her overall objective was to do her kamate. Was it kamate? The sort of um, rite of passage thing where they they hunt something that's hunting them. Uh, yeah. So that and she's achieved this. You know, she's she's done it. She has passed those trials. But at what cost? You know. So from her act, from uh, Mid Thunder's acting perspective right now you have that that she's she's going through all those motions and you can see it happening in, in her eyes and the dog survived so we like it there we go i personally love that film i think it's great like i said we'll need to revisit predator 2 before i decide if this is the best predator sequel but i'm pretty sure it is predator 2 is very good don't get me wrong there's a lot of good shit in it like um they really do expand the predator universe a bit more you know like when they go into the predator ship at the end and you see the different skulls and there's like an alien skull and obviously then that birthed loads of uh sort of uh, not mythology but you know like stories behind the idea of ah oh, alien pardon me alien and predator have met before and then we got the alien versus predator movie which yeah less said the better probably you know, uh, comic books, games, of all those kind of things. Um, so yeah, it really did help like expand the Predator universe and everything. And who doesn't love Danny Glover? I mean, come on, the dude's an absolute beast. Um, but yeah, it's uh, this film is great. This one, Prey, really, really great. And I loved when it came out. There were so many people like in comment sections on you know like uh, Instagram or whatever who were all like. Oh, they just need to keep making Predator movies set in different like periods of time. Like, can you imagine a a group of like samurai in feudal Japan against a predator, or you know maybe like World War Two in the trenches and not in trenches were World War One. So World War One in the trenches and then the predator is there and I that is definitely the direction they should go with these things. It's way better than the fucking direction of the Predator franchise has been going prior to this movie um but yeah no i loved it it's it's not groundbreaking in it's like you know there's no sort of shots that have never been done before you know or 
anything like that but what what this film sets out to do it does so well it pays homage to the first film it plays on what we already know about the first film like i was saying throughout um so it instead of just copying what was already given to us from the first film which a lot of this is what holds a lot of sequels back is they're just copying pasting what's already there this is not just building on what the first one gave us it's going okay well if the audience knows that about the first one how can we slightly subvert things or build tension based on the expectations of what was already laid out uh, things like that the color grading is fantastic some of those wide shots and everything were just lovely like tapestries of of shots the performances are great the stunt work and the action and the fight sequences is great because um, with the I mean yeah they're, they're sort of having to resort to more like hand-to-hand combat things because you know most of the characters in this film are you know bows and arrows spears axes that kind of thing whereas in the original Predator it's machine guns and grenade launchers and and all of that so you know a lot of the fights with the Predator there are a bit more um, shooty shooty bang bang because that's a phrase I'm going to stand by and you know so in this one they do have to it would have been stupid if they didn't give us some really good hand-to-hand combat uh sequences but this film executes them really well um yeah i I love this film i think it's banging so that was chatting script this week i hope you all enjoyed it again please do rate review subscribe follow whatever it is you got to do um interact with me follow us on the youtube spotify wherever you're listening to it uh at chatting script on instagram and twitter and yeah share the love and if you've watched a film that i've reviewed uh, a few people have already done this on on like the youtube comments and all that um and i I welcome it if you've watched a film uh that i'm reviewing or not reviewing i don't really do reviews i do analyses but if you've watched something and you've got something to say about it that you think maybe i missed like maybe there was some subtext or some you know, something that I, that I just haven't drawn attention to, maybe I've overlooked it, or maybe I've completely got it wrong, um, yeah, share, share your interpretations, share your thoughts, how it made you feel, what you took from it, uh, because, yeah, it's chatting script, and I do all the chatting, so <laughs> it would, it's, I like it when other people will chat at me in the uh, comment section, so, but be nice, um, especially you Star Wars fans out there that I keep pissing off, be nice, Uh, Yeah, bye everybody.